Hello, this is Lydia from the Tech Podcast, and today we'll be talking about channels in telecommunications. So what is a channel? Why is it important? How does it work? Where is it applied? And where can I find out more? So just to give a bit of background, a channel is a concept that I learned very late in my um, profession as a telecommunications engineer. So I started out as a telecommunications engineer about 13 years ago with Ericsson. And of course, I was very enthusiastic, fresh out of university, uh, very keen to learn and, and get to work and then living in the telecommunications industry. But it wasn't until much later when I started doing more radio access network specific work where I um, really got interested in, in the concept of a channel. And what's really interesting here for me is a channel is kind of one of the basic fundamentals, not just in telecommunications, but in wireless communications in general. It's something we interact with all the time, whether we're using Wi-Fi. I mean, we've got so many devices now um, which use wireless communication, whether we're talking about our phones, laptops, um, lots of devices that we use on a day-to-day basis use some form of wireless communications. And I thought this would be an interesting topic to provide a bit more of an insight on um, for a couple of reasons, because one, I think it's very good information for anyone who is interested in either telecommunications or the wireless uh, communications industry, either to, to, to work there, as I do today, or as a um, research, research topic. So coming back to what a channel is, it is basically a medium between two endpoints, typically a, trans- a, a, a transmitter. And in the concept of telecommunication, this is a base station and a receiver, which is your user equipment or, or mobile, um, mobile device, as an example. I would also like to refer to this as an interface, as, as the air interface, because again, all of the information exchange in um, telecommunication between the base station and the end user is over the air. So I would always, li- I would also like to address this as an air interface. And what this is basically is it's an assigned portion of controlled spectrum that is standardized for use throughout a country or region. So we have different countries and regions in the world which um, determine which portion of spectrum to use for wireless communication. But basically, generally, all all different countries and regions will sync up um, and decide what spectrum is used for what kind of communication. And in the UK, the authority responsible for the regulation of channels used for electromagnetic or wireless data transfer is Ofcom. So although different countries and regions have a degree of flexibility and can set policies for the usage of electromagnetic um, electromagnetic spectrum for the, transmi- for, for the transmission of data, 
the application and the data that is carried on different portions of spectrum is dependent on the unique characteristics of the spectrum itself. So the air interface of the channel um, as, as a broader concept is divided into eight main regions. So you've got regions of very low frequency, you've got regions of um, radio spectrum, you've got regions of infrared, visible, UV, X-ray, gamma ray, cosmic rays. Now, one of the primary determining factors of which application a portion of a spectrum can support is its wavelength, which is the distance between two adjacent wave crests. And it's determined by a division of the speed of light by frequency. So typically, lower frequency range. So for example, if you take a frequency of uh, three kilohertz, it will give you a much longer wavelength. And if on, um, on the flip side, you took a frequency of 10 gigahertz, it will give you a much shorter wavelength. wavelength excuse me. So typically you find that um, Frequencies with longer wavelengths will typically need longer equipment and can go over a longer distance. And frequencies which have shorter wavelengths can go uh, can be used for shorter distance and shorter range communication and typically smaller equipment. So we have um, different frequency, longer range frequencies being used for AM frequencies. AM transmission, FM tr um, transmission. So for our typical radio we get in the cars while we're up and about and some long range transmission for satellite uh, TV as well. But in um, wireless and, and mobile, mobile communication more specifically, we have more shorter range communication. And typically the radio channels that deliver wireless data in telecommunications typically communicate in the 700 megahertz to the 4.2 uh, gigahertz frequency range. So typically in um, three GPP standards, we have two frequency range um, standardized for communication. So we have the frequency range one, which is basically everything sub six, um, six gigahertz. And then you have frequency range two, which is more of the um, higher bandwidth frequency and millimeter wave frequency um, range. So why is this important? So in the UK, as an example, we have different operators. We have Vodafone, we have Telefonica, um, we've got 3UK, we've got Virgin. And as you can imagine, the operation and, and deployment for wireless, um, of wireless channel for radio communication is a very complex process because you need to keep all of the different networks separate as separate entities. So you don't want them to interfere with each other, but also um, you want to keep users of the same network sufficiently isolated from each other. So each particular user on the network can receive um, the data sent to their devices um, without interference from other users on the same network. We also have the issue of um, safety limits. So of course, when an electromagnetic uh, spectrum is in use, you don't want spectrum to be transmitted um, 
at a level which becomes harmful to you know to people or the environment so again this is something the um, regulator would set limits to so we need to maintain safety limits for the transmission of um, electromagnetic data and then again another reason why this is important is for correct delivery of data for a specific end user from the base station each user has to be connected to the correct network the correct frequency at the correct time okay and this air interface resource it is scarce and it is very expensive so at the 2021 uk auction conducted by by uh ofcom um we have the 700 megahertz which is a lower band uh, transmission frequencies for gsm and maybe 5g um as well in the near future we have that frequency being sold for 100 million pounds and then we have also um higher band frequency in the 3.6 gigahertz range which was auctioned for 20 million pounds a lot so again very very expensive very scarce and then on top of that bandwidth is limited so bandwidth is um, an arrangement of a block of frequency so typically um frequency spectrum will get sold in either 5, 10, 15, 20 megahertz block. 100 megahertz bandwidth, you know, is something that is great to have, but it's not something um, that is available to buy as a block of spectrum in the frequency um, range that is uh, allocated for mobile and broadband communications in the UK. Um, I think as of date, we only have one operator, which is 3UK, which has a, a whole block of 100 megahertz for the delivery of bandwidth. Um, and this is used for 5G at, at the moment. So so that's that's really, really good. But it is scarce. It's not easy to get this resource. And when it comes, it's not cheap. So we have the air interface with different constraints, but how do we get it to work? And this is where um, the interesting parts technically start to uh, come in. So as an end user, you make a call on your phone or you browse some data on Netflix and you get your data and, and voila, it's all um, beautiful magic happening um, before our eyes. But let's assume we have an operator, the tech podcast, as an example, We've successfully acquired this uh, fantastic range of 100 megahertz of magic uh, spectrum, and we want to build a network. So how do we deploy this resource to ensure maximum benefits, efficient usage of the channel, and to get the right coverage and deliver the right services to end users? So there's a lot to take into consideration here including the type of service you want to support, um, how fast users are going to be going on the network, um, the environment, the populations, and then you, start to you, you, you also need to work out the number of uh, sites or transmitters you need to provide um, the quality of coverage, the quality of service you need to supply. So I think it's important to note here that, you know, Although we don't see a lot of uh, telecommunications infrastructure, there is a lot going on in the background beyond just the radio um, um, process between the end user device and the base station. And there's quite a lot of inf information and a lot of equipment involved um, 
to send the signal from one endpoint, so from an internet server sitting in a data center somewhere down to your phone. So it's it's really, really interesting stuff. But I think for for the purpose of this conversation about channels, I just wanted to stress that because I know oftentimes it looks like magic and um, we're not always aware of uh, the process and the workings behind this, but I hope this will help and that understanding. So coming back to the channel, we've got our bandwidth, so we know which portion of frequency we're assigned um, to transmit data as, as an operator or as a service provider. So we want to make sure that we use our channel as a physical layer resource, which is just we want something to carry our data from one end to another and to give us all the nice things we want to see on our front end uh, applications on our phone or tablets or whatever. So we must ensure this information is encapsulated, it's unique, it's secure, and it is correct and reliable for everyone in the network. So what that means is that we need to be able to arrange the channel in such a way that we can support sending data in both directions. So your device can send information up to the network and the network can send information down to your device. So again, lots going on there, but one of the key technologies that allowed this to happen is that your channel can be arranged either in uh, FDD mode, which means you have a, a block of spectrum in your assigned frequency range that is set apart to transmit uplink data. So to allow your device send information upwards to the network, and then you've got another block of frequency allocated um, to allow your device receive data from the network. Or alternatively, you could do a TDD, which is a time division approach, which means you keep the same um, allocated uh, block of spectrum, but you can use aspects or slots, as, as is termed, of, um, of that um, spectrum range to deliver data both in uplink and downlink. So the difference is uh, FDD would split your data according to frequency and assign one frequency range for uplink and one frequency range for downlink. So when your device searches on network, it knows to look for signals for uplink in a certain frequency band and signals for downlink in a certain um, frequency ban. But the great thing here is 3GPP and a lot of clever people have um, helped with defining how um, channels can be arranged to provide service. So for example, if you take a certain frequency band, um, DN48 range, for example, which is a frequency between 3.5 and 3.7 gigahertz spectrum, and you have a nice long bandwidth of 100 megahertz uh, spectrum. What, what uh, the standard allows to be implemented is different slot arrangements over a radio frame. So a radio frame is basically a time slot of 10 milliseconds, which means within 10 milliseconds, you've got blocks of frequencies that are stacked up to each other. So according to the standards for 100 megahertz um, bandwidth, you can have uh, resource blocks of 273. So you can have 273 um, resource blocks stacked up to each other in the frequency range, which you can repeat over time. So you've got your 10 milliseconds radio frame, 
um, as your timing. And then within your timing, you have your downlink slots, you have your uplink slots. And in, in TDD, you have your special uh, sub subframe slots, which controls, uh, sorry, contains the uh, primary synchronization, uh, synchronization signals, cont uh, contains your uh, physical downlink shared channels, uh, contains your physical random access channel and your sounding reference uh, signal channels. So basically what this enables you to do as an end user is while you move around in your devices, your device can wake up to the network. It knows, for example, I'm going to search in slot two in this time frame to get myself synchronized to the network. So again, this is all the magic of the channel because the radio access network would have already been pre-configured to define the channel um, within a small time slot. And then every time your device comes on the network, it does send a data and uplink. Again, it's more complicated than this, but this is just the base process which goes on here, which is you're constantly asking the network for resources. The um, the network allocates a resource to you, which is a channel essentially to deliver your data to your device. And what will be delivered to you as an end user is a unique time and frequency resource in which you can get your data from the network. So that's whether you're doing a voice call or whether you're doing um, a traffic download, you're always being allocated a unique time and frequency resource to get your data. So other things to think about, again, with the concept of a channel is how, how many um, cells you need to conf configure, uh, sorry, you need to configure to cover a specific area. So you've got your channel allocated, you've got your channel arrangements done, but you know, how many do you need? And that is the job of a radio planner. So a radio planner will take your spectrum, will take your um, the demographics um, of the area, the buildings, uh, what the terrain looks like, and we'll come up with a beautiful plan to say, okay, you know, to cover this area, you need to build in, say, 10 cells, uh, for example. And what you have to think about with the cells is you need repeated coverage everywhere. So if you live in a big city like London and you go about, you would notice you've got um, base station antennas on the rooftops and on some buildings to give you that continuous coverage from different um, networks. But the beauty and the technique of what happens is that there's a lot of careful consideration, there's a lot of planning that goes on because while you deploy um, your spectrum, because you have a scarce resource, which you need to repeat um, all over the place as you go. You would have places in your network where you will have either overlaps between cells and overlaps between channels. And this is where you start to introduce noise to yourself. So your radio planner would go in, you know, tune your network, make sure your cells aren't overshooting, which is making sure your channel operation is constrained to a given area and that your channel arrangements can work perfectly for you as an end user when you are when you are in a given coverage area so again this is a very um simplified picture of how it works but i wanted to bring you an overview of what a channel is which is a 
a controlled portion of spectrum you use for the transmission of uh, data in telecommunications. And to just give a quick overview of how it works in reference of how, it, how a channel is set up. So your channels would be set up either to operate in an FDD mode or to operate in a TDD mode, which means the way your data is delivered might be on a frequency division duplex mode, which is the FDD, which means you have um, specific frequency to look for your uplink and downlink data or a TDD range, which means you are following a time slot arrangement in which you have um, defined slots to receive your downlink and uplink data. So again, I mentioned this is a good foundational uh, topic to understand if you want to go in um, to telecommunication because there are lots of things you can do. You can go into radio planning, you can go into um, designing safety limits that regulate the transfer of data for the electromagnetic spectrum. You could also go into looking at um, specific mechanisms to control the power delivered in each of channels. So you could go into radio optimization, for example, or if you're interested in working for uh, the regulator to shape and control uh, the policies uh, operators uh, implement and roll out, you could work for a regulator like Ofcom, or if you're interested in building the standards which help with defining um, what the radio channels does and how they work and how other people implement the radio channel, then you could look for work in standards organization or in research um, with places like 3GPP or maybe um, a research course specializing in these areas. So there's a lot of res uh, resource on the internet to learn. Ofcom is a great uh, place to look if you want to understand which um, operator owns what spectrum, and not just from a telecommunications perspective, but if you're also interested in learning what other bits of spectrum do, for example, Wi-Fi, which we use um, at home commonly, is unlicensed, but it is a, it is a controlled spectrum that is allocated for Wi-Fi usage. So whether you're using your Wi-Fi in the 2.4 or the 5 gigahertz uh, spectrum range. So again, um, there's also books, um, a great book by T.S. Rapport on wireless communication that is uh, such a great resource that I go back to time and time again. And just a last point on resources, there's also all of the 3GPP archives, which gives good detailed information on standards in general. And specifically for the channel arrangements, you can find uh, more information in 3GPP technical specific specification 38.101. So that's a brief overview about channels, and I hope you enjoyed that. And um, I'll bring you more topics and hopefully panel discussions in futures with, um, with industry experts on specific subjects on telecommunications technology. So till next time, take care and speak to you soon. Bye.